0: The devastating impact of large earthquakes in different parts of the world is something we've seen far too often. Earthquakes are an unfortunate part of the world in which we live, but why do we have them? Stay tuned.
1: An earthquake is caused ordinarily when one rock body rubs against another along a fault zone.
0: This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. Without warning, you hear a loud rumbling. Suddenly, the ground beneath your feet starts shaking. Roads buckle while power lines and trees are brought down in a twisted, mangled mess. A major earthquake is a terrifying thing that is not soon forgotten by those who are affected by it. But what causes our world to travail like this? Don't you get shaken up. Stay tuned for the next 15 minutes as we size up earthquakes and uncover some fascinating facts about the ground beneath our feet. So what causes our Earth to quake? ICR geologist Bill Hosh explains. An earthquake
1: is caused ordinarily when one rock body rubs against another along a fault zone, and the vibrations that reach the surface we call an earthquake. Earthquakes can come in all sizes. We measure them on a a logarithmic scale. In other words, an 8.0 magnitude quake is... 10 times more intense than a 7.0, and a 7.0, 10 times more intense than a 6.0, et cetera. Earthquakes can occur at shallow depths right near the surface. They can occur all the way down to a depth of uh, the deepest record, I believe, is around 640 kilometers in the Earth. ICR
0: geologist Dr. Andrew Snelling.
2: Earthquakes occur as a result of rocks moving and breaking, sometimes under the ground and it's covered up by the soil. People can't see it, but there are cracks in the rocks. And in certain parts of the world where the Earth's surface is still adjusting to the catastrophic upheavals of Noah's Flood and it's still settling down again, there's still a lot of stress and strain in the Earth's rocks, surface rocks. And where there are cracks, sometimes the rocks are moving in opposite directions on either side of these cracks. We call them faults.
0: ICR geophysicist Dr. John Baumgartner tells us that the rocks along these fault lines do not fit together evenly, but are interlocked like a jigsaw puzzle. He says once enough stress builds up, the rocks will move and the ground will quake. The
3: surface is somewhat jagged, and there are rough pieces of rock on either side that dig into the other side and uh, allow the fault to remain locked. But once the stress reaches a certain level, these uh, jagged spots start to break. And when one breaks, it allows more stress to fall on the next point uh, that's holding the the fault closed. With that additional stress, that point can break. And so it's like dominoes falling. Just all of a sudden, all of these points, sometimes called asperities, break and you have a jump in the uh, location of the fault one side relative to the other. So in a few seconds, uh, you can have the fault slip by several feet or even tens of feet. Dr. Snelling.
2: You can imagine you get a, a piece of wood and you snap it. You hear the noise and the wood moves and there's a lot of energy given off of both the sound and as movement and vibration And so what happens is those vibrations, when the rocks snap, travel through the ground. And so the ground surface starts going up and down as this energy gets transmitted, travels along through the rocks. And some of that energy goes deep inside the earth, and it goes so far with the the vibration, vibrations travel all the way through the earth and out the other side.
0: So we understand that stresses on rocks along fault zones are what cause earthquakes. But to break it down even further, we need to ask why there's such instability in the earth. Bill Hosh says the earthquakes we feel today may be residual effects from a much bigger upheaval that occurred during Noah's flood. This upheaval was so powerful that it involved the breakup of what's known as global tectonic plates. The flood began with a huge earthquake.
1: Sounds like a global earthquake even in Genesis 7:11 when it says that all the fountains of the great deep were burst open in a single day. That's a lot of catastrophe going on, apparently, on a worldwide basis. When we look at the distribution of earthquakes around the Earth, you plot them on a map and you see an
0: amazing pattern. They outline tectonic plates of the Earth. Dr. Baumgartner describes some of the devastation caused by the breaking up of the Earth's crust during the period of the Flood. The Flood involved Dramatic
3: tectonic upheaval, and all the high mountains we have today are a product of this tectonic catastrophe that unfolded during the flood. And this catastrophe involved the opening of the entire Atlantic Ocean that we have today, the, the Indian Ocean, with these blocks of continent moving by thousands of miles in a matter of a few weeks' time. So that involved uh, huge stresses, huge amounts of deformation, and no doubt massive
0: earthquakes as that was occurring. But, as Dr. Snelling points out, the speed at which these tectonic plates moved during the flood is much faster than the rate at which they're moving today.
2: In the past, these uh, plates moved at speeds during the flood of meters per second. Now they're only moving at speeds of centimeters per year much much slower but even at centimeters per year over 50 100 years you'll have movement of 3 4 10 15 20 feet on either side of the fault lines and so the strain builds up as the rock along the fault line can't move apart because they're stuck together suddenly they get to the point where they snap and that's the major means of most of those earthquakes being caused These large plates of of the earth's surface rocks we call the crust that are moving against one another.
0: Throughout history, earthquakes have been responsible for the loss of millions of lives. According to the United States Geological Survey's official records, the deadliest one occurred in China in 1556, where 830,000 people perished. The second deadliest was the 2004 underwater earthquake in Southeast Asia, which resulted in a devastating tsunami. Nearly 300,000 people died in this catastrophe. Of course, Asia is not the only place where powerful earthquakes strike. The biggest measured North American shakeup was in 1964, when Alaska was struck with a 9.2 magnitude earthquake. In California, San Francisco was hit by a major earthquake in 1906, which ruptured 296 miles of the San Andreas Fault Line. Hoche tells us of other remarkable and terrifying things that can take place when large earthquakes occur.
1: For example, the 1872 Owens Valley earthquake in California, there was about 15 feet of movement along that fault zone, but along the flanks of the Sierras, this is the eastern Sierras now, sheets of flame were issuing from the sides of the mountain. And we know that this happens today in large earthquakes. When you move that material, all that shaking can release methane gas, and it can actually exit from the earth, and with that friction, it can ignite, and you can actually get flames from the earth. Isn't that wild? Sand and water also was issued from some of the cracks in other places. So there were cracks that opened up and flames issued from the earth. Imagine that kind of thing. The Mississippi Valley-New Madrid earthquake, 1811-1812, This is recognized as North America's largest earthquake. Of course, it was before there was seismograph stations that were built up, so we don't have actual measurements to verify that, but by all accounts, this is recognized as probably North America's largest earthquake. Fissures opened up hundreds of feet long, 20 to 30 feet wide. Water and sand, again, were issued from these openings just squirting out of the earth. The Mississippi River even ran backwards for a time because the earth was rocking so much, it can cause water to move like a, like it does in a tsunami, except uh, here you're in a river situation, so the water was just sloshing around. That's what was going on. It was able to overcome gravity for a time. The normal flow of the river
0: was reversed. Interestingly, we also find records of earthquake activity in biblical history.
1: It seems like all the major events in history, in biblical history, which I believe is the same as earth history, are marked by large earthquakes. For example, the death of Christ was accompanied by a large earthquake. The resurrection of Christ was accompanied by a different earthquake. There was the Amos earthquake referred to in that book of the Bible. Some people think that this is what began the school of the prophets in Israel, a big earthquake in the days of Amos. And even the book of Zechariah talks about it a few hundred years later. And scripture even warns us of upcoming earthquakes. Future events are certainly going to be marked with earthquakes. In fact, The book of Revelation speaks about the ultimate earthquake in which not only the earth, but the heavens also will shake. And we can think of this as a kind of cosmic shakedown. Now the question that people sometimes have is, is the intensity of earthquakes and their frequency increasing over, say, the past few decades? Because we know in Matthew 24 that Jesus predicts his second coming will be accompanied by earthquakes, doesn't it? Earthquakes in diverse places, like birth pangs, building in intensity, is the kind of picture I get as
0: that day approaches. So we understand from Scripture that a sign of Christ's coming will be increased earthquake activity in different parts of the world. But isn't this happening now? Have we seen that increase in earthquakes yet? No, we
1: certainly haven't. It seems like, when we look at the intensity and frequency of large earthquakes over the last several decades... We do not have an indication yet that there's been an increase. What we do have is an increase in the reporting. We have a worldwide media today that reports these things instantly when they occur. But earthquakes
0: do not seem to be increasing in intensity. If anything, they're slightly decreasing. Although we haven't seen a recent increase in the number of earthquakes worldwide, this phenomenon could begin at any moment, and we still do not know how soon Christ will return again. Dr. Snelling says it's wise to be ready, because that day is approaching.
2: When we think about these things, it should remind us that we all have to give an account to God, that he's going to come one day and there's going to be a time of reckoning. And if we don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, if we haven't acknowledged God as our Creator, as our Maker, And have turned over our lives to Him in repentance for the wrong and rebellion against Him and accept the free offer of salvation through Jesus Christ, then we're warned we're going to suffer as a result of this judgment. But if we've put our faith in Him, just like Noah had built the ark and was rescued, then Jesus Christ is our ark and He's going to rescue us from God's judgment to come. And so, uh, it's a good time to remind people when we talk about earthquakes. To make sure your lives are in order before God, that you have confessed your sin and turned to God and asked for the salvation he freely gives through Jesus Christ, our ark of salvation, our ark of rescue, who will carry us through the judgment to come and rescue us from these devastating earthquakes which he says will come in the last days and at the time of his return in judgment.
0: As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted both historically and scientifically and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR? The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org.